Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joliak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. Three weeks from the season opener, the Bears share the practice field with the Indianapolis Colts just outside Carmel, Indiana, with sold-out crowds and an elevation and excitement, intensity, and evaluation. Charged up the best way to describe it. Hello, everyone. Jeff Joniak and Tom there with you on this week's edition of Bears Weekly. Our producer is Justin Pottinger in the ESPN studios with Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup, our Bears producers, coming up around 610 We'll be joined by running back Khalil Herbert. And at 6.30, our Bears Radio Network sideline reporter Jason McKee makes his debut on this year's show, Tom, a member of the Bears' 2006 Super Bowl team. But I got the Super Bowl-winning Bear here, 1985 version, and I've enjoyed uh, the week so far just hearing you two telling stories. (laughs) Well, you know, it's a great experience for the team uh, because, you know, I think when you become a football player, you're part of a team, you go through all the same practices, against the same guys, you know exactly what their tendencies are, and they know a lot about you. But as we are down there talking to Cody Whitehair, now you have a chance to get some work against guys that really don't know your mechanics. They don't know your fundamentals. They don't know what you're going to try to do to them. It gives you a wider experience experience to work against opponents in the NFL, but also have, you know, maybe 150 plays in a couple day period against these guys to sharpen what you do well, no matter what position you play. I think it brought the best out in everybody so far. Uh, Cole Komet, Roshan Johnson said the same thing uh, after Wednesday's practice. The same thing will happen after uh, tonight's practice as well. Uh, You know, it's hard to settle, Tom, on just what to look at, though. We we touched on it in our Bears Etc. podcast, just who's doing what and how well at some of these practices. And if not, for your eyes peeled for just about anything, you know, you'd really have a hard time. Because somebody asked me, oh, you know, who who won the day? And that was on Wednesday's practice, Thursday's practice going on right now. Yeah, can't say. I mean, there's there's wins and losses on both sides of the fence. Well, since we've been around enough of these practices, it's all about observational positioning. Mm-hmm. And I think we can put that term inside the <laughs> glossary of the NFL because you really do have to stand in a position where, okay, for example, the Bears defensive line against Indianapolis offensive line is doing one-on-ones at a certain period or portion of the field. But then you have the seven-on-seven period going of the Indianapolis Colts offense against the Bears defensive backs and linebackers so if you can get into a position you can watch a one-on-one you can turn immediately and watch the seven-on-seven play but you can't watch both ends of the field so you really do have to uh have, you know, be able to really be positioned well. Yesterday, I focused on the Bears offense. Today, I'm going to focus on the Bears defense. Well, uh, that means you're going to be watching Anthony Richardson. Yes. The Florida quarterback, yep. uh, he walked on the field. You could just see uh, this is a unique size quarterback. Hey, it's not like those guys haven't been around, a Dante Culpepper, a Cam Newton, uh, certainly. Right. But but there's just something, something unique about the guy. I really like the fact that he walked over and introduced himself to Justin Fields. He stuck his hand out, Justin turned around, and then they, you know, that was his uh, rookie moment, I guess, with a veteran quarterback in Justin Fields. But you're looking at uh, uh, the present-day version of what an athletic quarterback looks like in both cases. Well, you know, yesterday on the field, we also had a chance to sit and have a conversation with Chris Ballard, the general manager of Indianapolis. And we were talking about the combine for Anthony Richardson. And he knew where he was 
positioned in the draft, and he was convinced that was going to be the guy that he was going to draft. So, you know, it's nice to be convinced as a general manager. And they were, and they believe Anthony Richardson is their future. And you look at, listen, Andrew Luck was a big quarterback. Peyton Manning was a big quarterback. Jacoby Brisker is a big quarterback. But there's nothing like Anthony Richardson. That dude is special with his side speed, athleticism, strength, everything. And so it's going to be interesting to watch his career develop over time and how unique is it to have probably two of the best quarterback athletes in all of the league on the same field at the same time. Jacoby Brissett still in the league. Yes, 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 but now that becomes now the sixth different starting quarterback in six straight years for the Colts. Well, hopefully they've hooked on somebody that's going to be here for the next 10 because actually when you look back at the life and the career of Andrew Luck, we probably thought that he would still be here if in fact that he stayed in in the NFL, but he's not. Indianapolis was able to move on. Um, But, you know, what we learned about Justin last year, we need to watch him take the second step throughout his career, just like he's got to see what the initial stages of Anthony Richardson is going to be like. Uh, Bears waived injured linebacker Buddy Johnson. They picked him up earlier in camp from the Steelers and added another linebacker who also will be wearing number 50. It's Davion Taylor, a former third-round pick of the Eagles, Tom. Played nine games and started six in 2021, and then he suffered an injury. Uh, practice squad all of last year. He is presently now the fastest linebacker the Bears have. He ran a 4 4 6 40. Uh, he is unique in that regard. He's got closing speed, uh, and he's a really good special teams player. So we'll see what he is. Uh, but clearly, you know, Ian Cunningham's uh, ties to Philadelphia probably uh, caught that attention there. So Davion Taylor uh, with some speed. They've been adding speed throughout the entire offseason and continuing now just keep adding speed Davion Taylor's best friend is going to be TJ Edwards because if you have a player that you play the same position and he can feed you a lot of information as quickly as possible then you're going to be picked up to speed a lot quicker you don't have to sit there with the position coach all day every day sometimes you can just have a little off the sideline conversations with a guy like TJ Edwards and he can expedite your learning curve went to Colorado but get this in high school he could not play on a Friday or Saturday his family was Seventh-day Adventist and so he they, he was not allowed to play and he begged his mother at some point in order to get a football scholarship and she uh, gave gave her blessing to go and do that he missed he was a sprinter a, a real a state champion sprinter as well and he missed championships and all that so Quite well, an interesting you know, story. Yeah, that, you know, there's you know parents that handle their children in a lot of different ways. I admire you know the way he stuck to it and the way his mom helped him, and now he's here on an NFL field uh, fighting for a job like every one of the players out here. All right, Colts lost a really good player yesterday though uh, to to a torn ACL. Wide receiver Ashlyn Doolin uh, had uh, a great career going. Uh, All Pro special teams player named last year. Uh, but a torn ACL yesterday. I know. Hey, that's the unfortunate side of football. You know, and whether we see it at practice at the at the Hallis Hall, if the Bears are practicing by themselves, or just the happenstance of happening in a joint practice with the Bears and Indianapolis Colts. Unfortunate for ever, anybody. But, you know, the thing about it is, how does it challenge the mentality of the guy that's waiting in the wings, that's next in line? Is he going to be up to, you know, what the coaches are going to expect of him? And, you know, that's just the challenge 
challenges of competition in depth in the NFL. Ashton Doolin, a uh, really good player for the Indianapolis Colts. They had some other injuries as well, but uh, nothing official from them. And the injured Bears that are working their way back, I'm interested to get your perspective. So Nate Davis was in pads uh, yesterday, had a few snaps, uh, and this progress now, I'm sure it's kind of a quote-unquote a ramp yeah, up to get yeah. him back. He's missed the entirety. Now, that's first day in pads so but, far. You know, and, and again, I've been one of the guys that have been really disappointed. Nate Davis hasn't been out there because I think he was the type of guy that was going to come in here and immediately help Darnell Wright, the first-round right tackle. However, the snaps I did see out of Nate Davis, I was super encouraged. So he's probably the first guy that I'm mentally okay with giving him a ramp-up period because I want him to be ramped up for week one against the Green Bay Packers. I don't care about him playing in any preseason games, but if he can get – you know, maybe 250 to 300 reps before the regular season gets here, gets here, you're going to have an indication. And it's great that he's playing a practicing against Indianapolis Colts because I think you want an indicator against an opponent. You don't necessarily want an indicator against a controlled practice against your own personnel. Uh, any concerns on your part? Uh, still no Jaquan Brisker, Tremaine Edmonds. They're not back just yet. I'm trying to think who else would be. Oh, and Chase Claypool. Those three are, are certainly key components of what the Bears oh, want to do here. Oh, huge. They're a huge part of the Bears in, in the positions they play. Am I concerned? No, because they have veteran experience aside from Jaquan Brisker is just in his second year, but we all see what he's capable of and how well he's been doing in practices up until this point. But – you know, I think they're fortunate that you have that two-week opening before the start of the regular season because if they don't come back until then, at least they're going to have three to five full-speed practices before they get on the field. That's Tom there. I'm Jeff Joniak, and coming up next, third-year running back Khalil Herbert joins us on Bears Weekly here on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. You're tuned into Bears Weekly with Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. All right, welcome back to Bears Weekly here on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. Kind enough to join us here in Indianapolis is Khalil Herbert, our Bears running back entering his third year from Virginia Tech. Uh, I love the way this guy plays the game. He plays the game the right way. He checks boxes as a Chicago Bear. We're talking grit. We're talking physicality we're talking speed you got it all brother and it's been fun to watch you appreciate it now it's been fun you know these three years flying by you know i joke with my my girl that you know it feels like i just started and i'm already in year three so it's been fun so your first 30 nfl games you're averaging five yards a carry that that number just like in neon lights hits you and you've caught 82 percent of the passes thrown your way so we're talking about complete by air by ground uh, but as you continue to grow in this system and this scheme and in your NFL career, aside from the obvious and victories, what matters to Khalil Herbert when you hear numbers like that? Um, I mean, really all of it just um, I think the biggest one for me is being being a person that can help my team in any way. Um, so trying to find a way to help the team, whether it's on the ground, in the air, whatever it is, um, I feel like that's that's one thing I always try to do and one thing I strive for. So you hit the gas on the screen. I, I, I believe it's one of the more deadlier plays in football. Yeah. If you run a screen to perfection, it puts defenses in a whole lot of conflict, and bam, we, we hit them with two screens back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, take us through that play because uh, 
this has been your MO throughout your whole college career. You've always had big gains. Uh, here with the Bears, you've had big gains. Uh, so you, you do have finishing speed when you get out there, but just the execution of a screen, a lot of things have to go right. Yeah, 100%. You know, they they ran a, a blitz to back, so it kind of worked out perfect for us. You know, I just had to bluff the blitzer. Um, and the second guy was supposed to have me in man, but he got he got kind of tripped up. Um, and then, you know, I just – I wanted to get out fast because I know uh, they were blitzing. So, uh, Justin, you know, he made – he got some extra time, rolled out to the left there. Um, and I seen the guys out in front of me before I even caught the ball. So, I know I, I know there was a lot of room to work with. Um, and then after catching it, just, you know, setting up my blocks downfield. We got a bunch of guys uh, blocking downfield, receivers blocking downfield, O-line blocking downfield. So, it was pretty easy for me to just maneuver. Uh, and then, you know, one thing I, I'm focusing on a lot was finishing my runs in the end zone. You know, not getting caught within the five. Um, so, you know, we got a big fine for that. So I was <laughs> trying to find any way to get in the end zone and, you know, was able to. So yeah, So when you talk about bluffing the blitzer, what, what's the what's the uh, what's the technique of that? Um, really just make it look like you're going to block them and then last second get out the way. You, you don't really don't want to want to get any contact with them because it could uh, mess up the timing of the screen. And then with this fine business, uh, it, so when you're saying it's like at practice, you guys finish in the end zone yeah. uh, throughout training camp. Um, but, it, you know, that hasn't happened to you often. Yeah. They track you down inside the yeah. five. Ha- has it? Um, I don't recall. Only one big one I know is Washington last year. Okay. That's the big one. Was that um, on a pass or a run? That was on a run. Okay. Um, other than that, no. But. So, and what do you do to – accentuate or enhance that finishing speed. Man, you just got to find a way. <laughs> you got to find a way, whether it's, you know, pushing an extra five yards or running through somebody, you got to find a way to get in the end zone. And, um, you know, that's kind of one thing. We, we practice it every day in practice, like you said, and having that mentality of, you know, find a way to finish in the end zone regardless of what happens. Hello, Hilbert, our guest here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000. Tom there will be along after this segment to rejoin us and talk Bears football here in Indianapolis, practicing against the Colts. Uh, Let's talk about that because you, you just were telling me it's your first time away in one of these dual practices. It looks like it's the wave of the future. So, I mean, the Colts are going to take on the Eagles next week. Same thing. Uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans, if you didn't know, they were going to Minnesota. They get home. They Tuesday went up to Minnesota. Then after the Minnesota game, they're going to New England to do the Patriots too. Wow. I, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I was talking to Cody White here today about that, and he, he likes it. Yeah. Is there so, it's a little different. It gives you a little – uh, better, better test maybe for what you're going to face yeah. in a real game. But how do you feel about it? I mean, I love them. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know about doing two back to back, like <laughs> some other teams, but having a one definitely just to switch up, you know, who you're going against every day in practice and getting that competitive attitude and that competitive nature uh, that you only usually get on, on game day, uh, during the week. Uh, you know, I feel like you get to practice and see different types of looks, see different types of things that, um, you know, you never usually get to go again. So it's fun, uh, and I love them. So. Yeah, from your experience then, does the game take on a different feel then because you now you've faced them for two days, you get to know them a little bit, not just from watching tape. And I don't even know how much tape you guys watch in a preseason. I mean, I, I'm watching it because I have to, yeah. you know, for identification <laughs> purposes. But Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, the game is a lot, you know, especially preseason is a lot slower. Yeah. Uh, so practices is usually a lot more intense. Um, they're calling their – stuff that they would call in the game. Uh, you're getting a bunch of different looks, a bunch of different blitzes, and then preseason, it's a lot dialed down. This is a weird question because every snap is on tape. doesn't matter if you're in practice or a walkthrough. So 
you have to mind your p's and q's, and you got to because it you get, if it looks bad on tape, you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna hear about it, right? Yeah. But when you're practicing against somebody on tape, now they're watching you too, mm-hmm. and they're taking a look at you in their rooms. Uh, does it just ratchet it up a little bit like game day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, it right? Does, it has it to. Does, it does, especially you know you're going against somebody else. It, it kind of reminds me of little league. You have those like jamborees. Okay. Or, you know those those preseason games that they might not count, but it's still a game. You know, you're still going against a different opponent, opponent and you still want to put on a show and, and do what you're supposed to do. You and I have talked uh, in other features. We've done television or whatever, American Heritage High School. I, I, I Here again, I'm preparing. I, I just finished my board, <laughs> and we got two more on the team over here yeah, for the Colts. Yeah. Nick Eubanks, yep. uh, Isaiah McKenzie yep. over from Buffalo last year, excellent player. So by my count now, there's 12 alums, yeah, and 11 are active yeah. From American Heritage High School in yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Got a couple more on the way, too. No kidding. So, on the way. what's the story there, man? What is going um, on? I don't know. I mean, we just, you know, especially South Florida, you know, we produce a lot of players. But, um, you know, just American Heritage is a great football school, um, great academic school. And, you know, we just all happen to be there at the same time and kind of started, you know, Sonny Michelle is kind of the first yeah. one that, that started the the pipeline uh, to college and the pros, and you know, a lot of us follow suit, but um, now it's just an on and ongoing program producing D1 conveyor belts, and um, you know, hopefully, some more of these guys in in, in college right now. Heck of a pass world. rusher, Carolina Brian yeah, Burns, yeah. Uh, Patrick Sertan the second, and uh, James Houston, who's yeah, yeah. tearing it up there for Detroit. <laughs> That's an excellent player. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's danger. He is. He is. He He's is. danger. Uh, did you have to chip him or do, were you, were you asking, I know you were on IR last yeah. year, but, uh, for a bit, but I forgot now, did you have to face him? I did. Yes. Yeah, so he, he's a mess to deal with. First play. It was funny. Cause the play we ran, we scored on, but I had to go cut him. I was like, damn, like, I hate to do this. Like it's my dog, <laughs> but I gotta do what I gotta do. Um, and you know, we were working out in the off season together. So I heard about it a little bit, but, um, no, it was fun. Couple of nuggets about it's coach David Walker, the bears running backs coach. Did you know he coached a year in Carroll City down in Miami? Yeah, yeah, we talk about it. Yeah. We talk about it. Um, especially, you know, we got three guys from South Florida in our room right now. So, um, you know, that connection, you know, everybody knows everybody, and there's ties down there. So, And did you know he also coached here in yeah. Carmel, Indiana? <laughs> in between jobs, yeah. Colts to the Lions, yeah. but he coached here. Sons. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I believe it was his Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, he was the offensive coordinator here yeah, in Carmel, Indiana. He told us, uh, That's he where got, we are. We're in Carmel. He got a house. I think it was like 10 minutes away or something like that. that so, All right. Um, what about your game? Did you really try to enhance in this offseason as we uh, wind yeah. this interview up? A couple other more questions to go. Definitely, you know, being an all-around back, finishing all my long runs, uh, pass protection, catching out the backfield, uh, just being able to do everything, um, my mobility, you know, just to – enhance my longevity, you know, working on different nicks and injuries that I had uh, to prevent them. Uh, so just doing a lot of things, preventative work and, uh, you know, all-around work to get better. So, Do you believe you have good hands to be a good receiver? Yeah, yeah I do. Do yeah, you I believe do. you have the ability to pass protect? Yes, sir, definitely do. I, I also agree with you, I think. Sure, yeah. You know, one of the fun I, – I don't want to belabor this, but – so Justin completes three passes in a game that – People were criticizing just because it was short catching runs. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> what? What? You cannot win. You can't win. All you can't time, win. You know? But you know, out of the, you know, my favorite of the three, I get that you guys, but but, Kari Blassing game. Yeah. He got a touch. He oh, got yeah. eleven yards. That yeah. guy is a dangerous he receiver is. if he given is. the opportunity. He is, and you know, once he gets a full head of steam, um, 
Good luck trying to tackle him. Good 100%. luck trying to tackle him. So. All right, some quick whip arounds. All right, ready? Yep. Pet peeves. Pet peeves, people chewing with their mouth open. I've heard that more than one. Not about me. Uh, you got a favorite vacation spot? Um, Definitely somewhere in the Caribbean. My family's from the Caribbean, so anytime yes, I yes. can get down there, feels at home. And we're again in the Caribbean? My dad's from the British Virgin Islands, Tartola. My mom's from Jamaica. All right. Um, Your mentor. My mentor. Give me um, more than one. Uh, that's a good question. I don't really. We can revisit. Yeah. Pre-game ritual? Pre-game ritual. Um, I mean, I guess it's a ritual. Every time I get to the stadium, uh, when I go out to warm up before the game, I, I run. I take a lap around the full field. Uh, one thing you can't live without. One thing I can't live without. Um, probably my wife and my dog. <laughs> good answers. Good ascent. Okay. Have a great week of practice. Thank Have you. a great game on Saturday night here against the Colts, and really appreciate you, man. Yes, sir, appreciate you having me. Got little Herbert, our guest here on Bears Weekly. When we come back, Tom Thayer and I break down the Bears and Colts here on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. You are tuned into Bears Weekly with Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling the better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer. We've got Bears Weekly rolling here. Just heard from Khalil Herbert. Love talking to him. He was here uh, with me uh, visiting yesterday. And uh, I, I like his attitude, Tom. I like how he runs the football. And it made it, we made a big thing, as you heard in the interview, just about and even afterwards we were discussing about just finishing runs. Finishing big runs, finishing any run, just make sure you finish everything. And that's kind of the theme for this team, actually. You know, finish your rep, finish your sack, finish your takeaway, finish your catch, play through the ball, get, you know, all these things, and finish games, which they couldn't do a year ago. I think that's a, you know, I know it's just, it's normal NFL vernacular. It's cliche. Every coach in the world uses it, finish. But to me, this year, finish is big. Well, you know, yesterday standing behind the 9-on-7, the run period, and some of the team works, and I was kind of in my left ear, I was listening to the pre-snap comments by Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, and then I was listening to the comments by the running backs coach. And that's what it is about. It's about the offensive line having a good, powerful get-off to make sure they get in control of their blocks so the offensive running backs can make those types of finishing decisions. They have to see where the holes are going to open up up and how they can anticipate the point of attack. So, you know, Khalil Herbert, that guy is not afraid of contact at all. But it's got to start with the offensive line that finishes with the running back at the end of a positive run. So I think it's a team effort, and it's interesting to listen to some of the comments made before the play ever gets started. Uh, David Walker is running back coach, as we talked about yep. in the interview. He, he coached Carmel High School here, offensive coordinator one year in between job. He's coaching his kids. So he, he left the Colts, and he was going to go to the, the Lions for a bit before he came to the Bears, and he was coaching here at Carmel. Isn't that interesting? It's awesome. You yeah. know, because, you know, that's one thing about coaches is uniquely enough they care about the players they're coaching. And whether you're coaching on a high school level to college to pros, and uh, it's, it's interesting that a guy is willing to do that with the talent to come up to this level and be a, a be a NFL coach. All right, with uh, this is kind of the midpoint of what, between the start of camp and when we're going to play the opener against the Green Bay Packers. So I thought we'd take the time because we do it pre to preview the season. Let's do it right now. You know, 
from what we've seen to this point? Because the training camp portion is over after this Colts thing, and it's it's going to be more behind the scenes and uh, media won't have eyes on what's going on. So uh, we used to do these Bears reports all the time, you know, giving your camp balls and everything. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff. So get ready for that, Big yep. Tom. Um, but let's do the defense here. Let's start on the defensive line. Demarcus uh, Walker obviously has uh, been injured, so I don't know when he's coming back. Uh, but Rasheem Green, Dominique Robinson, y- Yannick Ngakwe, we know what he is. He's just getting his ramp up. Trevis Gibson, Terrell Lewis, Jalen Harris, some of the guys on the defensive line. Do you feel better about the defensive end position now with these additions? Yes. So the first three guys you mentioned, I have high expectations from them. I didn't know what to think about Travis Gibson. I like the length and the size of Terrell and Jalen and those guys have really showed a good practice yesterday it wasn't an anomaly that they got pressure on the quarterback against Tennessee and and that resulted in sacks that resulted in effort but how do you carry that over into a practice and how does it filter against talent that haven't seen you yet and you haven't seen so all those guys especially Travis um I would really love to see him have a a game as profitable as he did against Tennessee because now you're talking about, what is that, seven defensive ends that we've talked about, and then you get a guy like Jervon Dexter. When you look at his size and his structure, he can move out the defensive end easily. So, you know, they're going to have a whole slew of guys that are going to, you know, make cuts difficult this year. Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, Travis Bell among the defensive tackles. All of them have flashed something of importance here, uh, obviously. So when you talk about what we've discussed at length about making sure the line of scrimmage is shored up as best as you can right now, uh, how do you feel about it as a group, those defensive ends and defensive tackles? Do you feel the mix and match and a wave of Seven to eight guys in a game can put some heat on a quarterback because obviously the Bears were last in the league at it. So I was having a conversation about Joe Klecko, who's going into the Hall of Fame. And when you talk about the sack exchange in the New York Jets and for you, some of the younger kids, go look, go YouTube some of his highlights. Because before they had an identified three-technique defensive tackle, it was nose guard defensive tackle. And when you talk about the guys on the inside for the Bears, they can be that Joe Klecko style of penetrating nose guard defensive tackle. And you have to be have a wide variety of skills. And so I was just thinking of what he meant to the New York Jets sack exchange and what every one of these guys that you just mentioned, although Billings isn't a huge guy. Travis Bell's not a huge guy. However, they play very powerful. They got good athleticism, and they bring power against their opponent, especially if they play against the tall offensive lineman that loses leverage immediately. Billings 6'1", 3'11", and Travis Bell 6 feet. 310. They also have Bravion Roy. They brought in here recently, 6'1", 330. He's a little on the heavier side, a four-year veteran that's competing to make this roster as well. I got a question, though. So explain again for those who are interested in this kind of stuff, the deep X's and O's of, of which we love, the cocked uh, deep nose tackle over the center, Andrew Billing. So he doesn't line up face up. Most of the time, he's landing up on an angle. Why him? What what, what benefit so, does that George bring? George Perlis, a former defensive coach, head coach throughout football, college, and pro, he used to angle the nose guard because then you had to have two blockers dedicated to him. And sometimes if the play, if he was 
if he was pointed to the point of attack, you had to try to get movement, and that allowed the linebackers to have a little bit more freedom. So when I played at Notre Dame against Michigan State, when George Perlis was there, they did it. When you come into the NFL, you play against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they did it. So it's just you know trying to make more blockers dedicated to an angled position nose tackle instead of just having, okay, the center's going to be able to handle him all by himself, and then you can get to that second level. No, if you're an offensive guard and you got a hip and a half of a butt in your way, now you have to get movement to him in order to get to that second level. So anytime you look at the positioning of a defensive lineman, it's what offensive linemen are dedicated to those defensive linemen, and how does it affect the freedom of the linebackers. All right, let's look to the linebackers. Edwards, Emmons, uh, Sanborn, Noah Sewell, Dylan Cole, who's a little banged up, Demarcus Gates, Micah Baskerville, an undrafted rookie, Barrington Wade with the interception out of the end zone in the game against Tennessee, uh, and a couple of new linebackers added this week. Uh, Davion Taylor is one of them, and Michael Walker from Atlanta. We don't know much about the latter two. Analyze that position, but then tie it into the front seven. Can the Bears stop the run, which they could not do a year ago? Well, it's going to be because of the penetration or the ability for the defensive lineman to create stalemates on the line of scrimmage and then allow these linebackers to run. But look at the size variety of those linebackers. You have the roster right there. You start with Edmonds and work its way down. You're talking about 6'5 plus, and then you talk about TJ Edwards, 6'3, and then right down the line. So they got linebackers on this team that are two. 250 pounds that can run all the way down to the 220s that can run and that's what the linebacker position is about predictability where the play is going to open up and how quickly can can you get there and that's one of the main assets of a guy like jack sanborn hey here's a free agent can he make the nfl listen he's got as good as instincts as any linebacker in the nfl and that's what quality linebacker play is about Defensive back, let's start at corner. Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, those are the assumed top three. Terrell Smith coming back from injury, competing for that other starting job. Jalen Jones, special teams demon, could be their best guy on on kickoff return. Uh, And then there's a whole bunch of other guys. Do you feel good about what's going on at corner? And then we'll get to the safety position after that. I feel as good about the corner position as I have in quite a while. Um, and, you know, having a chance over the last few practices to talk to Charles Tillman and get some of his observations. But then only then watching the effort, watching the willingness of these guys to come up and make a tackle. I love their enthusiasm, but it's all more it's more about tackle courage. And every single one of these guys have it. I think a guy like John Hoke, the defensive back corners coach, is the type of guy is that is his main requirement and if you're not willing to do it the likelihood of you being here is you're not going to be here just because you're a special teamer josh blackwell is in that category special yeah. teamer but yeah. uh, can play that inside nickel and keep an eye on greg stroman he's made some plays and there's always somebody that's going to come up and surprise you on the roster all right eddie jackson Jaquan Brisker at safety. backed up right now by elijah hicks and aj thomas you got adrian colbert and kendall williamson Brisker and Eddie Jackson, uh, you know, they're going to have to have big years. Eddie Jackson may have to have a career year. Um, he made some claims early on social media, and now I have high expectations because he put them in my head. But I think the the talent group of the safety position is stronger. I think when you talk about the guys that are behind Brisker and Eddie Jackson, they're all very willing hitters. But now it's about making sure – 
to communicate the right responsibilities. Because if you look at the first game against the Tennessee Titans, there was a little bit of mental, there was a couple mental errors that resulted in big pass plays. If they can continue to develop their communication, look for those guys to step up to the front. All right, that wraps up our look at the defense. If you had to give a camp ball, who would you give it to on defense? Your guy. Tyreek Stevenson. Been telling me Stop since with been, the – Well, <laughs> you, you have. You brought him up months ago. But, however, right. he he's flashed. Yeah. He's been everything that you said he would be. He's a willing tackler against the run on the edge. He's got real good coverage skills. All right. That's Tom's camp ball. Yes. To Tyreek Stevenson. Coming up on next. defense. We are joined by Jason McKee, J-Mac, our sideline reporter on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Bears Weekly. On ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. You're listening to Bears Weekly on the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Want VIP access to every Bears home game? Exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more are now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Jeff Joniak. Tom Thayer here on Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network and our brand new, spanking new, got his feet wet, dipped his toe in the pool, sideline reporter for the Bears and the network. Please welcome to the program for the very first time here on Bears Weekly, uh, the fullback. J-Mac, Jason McKee. You are, you know, you're the one thing you're not inexperienced at is playing football and announcing because you've been doing a lot of stuff. So well, welcome, man. How you feeling? How, how do you think it went? Uh, I think you know your maiden voyage. I think it went good. I uh, listened to the uh, re-listened to the broadcast on the way here. I think it went good. You know, I just want to add a little spice to it. And you guys have been doing it for a long time. Obviously, do a great job and just trying to. Uh, Bring bring the fans in and give them a different perspective in terms of sideline reporting. A fullback is nothing but a guard that can catch passes. So to have J-Mac and I a part of the broadcast, because it's not a glory position, you got to be dedicated to be a football player if you want to play fullback or offensive guard. So I think it's a great choice, and the best is yet to come. All right, we're going to break down the offense. We just finished with the defense. We heard Khalil Herbert earlier in the program, so we might as well start at running back and how that breaks down. We'll start with Herbert, Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, Travis Homer, Treston Ebner, all on that list. All of them aren't going to be on the roster, I would assume. Uh, but, boy, it's really good competition. What what has sparked your intrigue with uh, with this group? It's a solid room. I think you have each individual guy has their own skill set. I think, obviously, Khalil's that home run guy. Deontay Foreman's your hammer. Hmm. I think Roshan can do a little bit of everything. Uh, Travis Homer's your core, you know, your four-phase special teams guy. But he also does bring some – he can make plays on offense. And I was really impressed with, you know, we talk about Roshan, you know, his performance in preseason game one. I was really impressed with Travis Homer. I think he hasn't gotten a lot of credit. I think he had a great game with the limited amount of carries that he got. He played special teams. So I'm excited. You know, it's, it's a great room. And that's a good thing. You know, make it hard. You know, the scouts always say make it hard for us. And I think – with this group that you have, I think it's going to be um, some tough decisions that have to be made. Tom, uh, Roshan getting some first-team snaps in the last two practices. We'll see what happens tonight. But, uh, I, I, you know, we mentioned this on our um, Bears Etc. podcast yesterday. He really – my ears perked up when he says, I use my body as a weapon. I mean, when I heard that, I was like, whoa, I, I like where he's at. Well, first of all, you got to be convinced that you've done enough to your body in the weight room and in the offseason to be able to use it as a weapon. Because if you're not, if your body's not 
accustomed to that, you're only going to be around for a little while. When I look at Roshan, he's the type of guy that has built his body and put it in position to use it as a weapon, and he showed evidence of it. As uh, What was the term you used? Contact balance? Yeah, contact balance, and he has it. He puts it on display every time that he hits somebody up the middle. But, you know, J-Mac, I like his inside um, vision, his instincts to hit the interior holes. Yeah, and it's it just surprises me to think that, you know, coming out of high school, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the country. And then to make that transition when he goes to Texas and say, hey, you know what, now you're going to be a running back. And it just shows that the guy's a football player, and you can tell he has that hunger to work on his craft because he made that transition from quarterback to being, you know, one of the solid running backs in the country uh, last year behind Bijan Robinson. And, you know, he's got all the tools. You know, I know you've You've been raving about his pass protection. Obviously, he can run the ball inside. He can run the ball out out on the perimeter. uh, But he can also be effective in the passing game. And the thing that I was really impressed about that really got my juices flowing yesterday was he caught a check down from Justin Fields. He takes a hit from uh, the Colts linebacker. I don't remember his name, but he took a shot. Oh, I was there with you. you Yeah, he jumped up. He jumped up. We talked about it. And the whole (laughs) Colts sideline, the defensive sideline, they're chirping at Roshan. So he starts chirping back. And a couple plays later, he rips off a nice run for some chunk yardage, and then he gets up and he starts chirping back at the Colts sideline, and that really that really gave me goosebumps. And like, that's the type of guy that you know his he just infects like that energy just permeates the entire team, and that's what you want. You know, he's a Bears running back for sure. All right, let's talk quarterback. Uh, we're going to Justin Fields, P.J. Walker, Nathan Peterman, and Tyson Bagent. Uh, we've seen. A lot of these guys, obviously, it's all about QB1. Uh, we feel progress is being made, and it just got to continue to keep being made. I know we use the term incremental. I think sometimes that makes people crazy. They don't want to hear incremental. They want to hear a huge jump. Uh, and, and we are expecting a huge jump. Where, where is he at halfway through training camp here? Yeah, I think he's progressed well. I think, you know, the beginning of training camp, you see him getting back in the swing of things, being away from the guys in the offseason. You see him get back and start taking command in the huddle, start taking command of that offense. You know, with the day they had a lapse in practice where the defense really, you know, um, shut them down in, in that training camp practice, Justin Fields brought the offense up and say, you know what, this ain't us. Let's get it together. And that's the type of leadership and command you want, you know, from your franchise quarterback. As he goes, this offense will go. But also as he goes, his team will go. So he's got to be that bona fide leader. He's entr- he's thrusted in that position whether he wants that responsibility or not because you are the face of the franchise. You have to be the, uh, you know, the, the franchise quarterback. You got to be the guy. And then we go to the trenches because this is where it's at. You know what? Just last thing about the quarterback position. It's almost like Luke Getzey has two pair. It's like a poker hand because he's got, uh, you know, Justin and P.J. Walker that have a simpler template, similar style of play, st- similar athleticism. And then they got Peterson and Badgett. They have similar styles that look at the same. You know, so you kind of run the offense in a different type of tempo with the four different quarterbacks, but they're all progressing equally as well. It's going to be an interesting decision at the end, but you, like you said, you want to make those decisions difficult. To the trenches we go. Yes. Just uh, instead of going piece by piece here, what do we got? What are we looking at? Um, super, super excited about Cody, obviously. He's a true leader of this football team. He's got that veteran type of quiet leadership that every offensive line needs. But then they got two bookend offensive tackles, hopefully that we're all sitting in a different hotel room at a different joint <laughs> practice in 10 years, and we're talking about the development of Darnell Wright um, and Braxton Jones. But I still think because Nate Davis has just come back on the scene and Tevin Jenkins is at the left guard position, they still are going 
going through the evaluation process. But Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, and maybe some of the most difficult decision is who is going to be that sixth, seventh, yeah. and eighth man. And I think the competition is still wide open. There's nobody out there that's head and shoulders above everybody. So that could probably be one of the most difficult decisions left to be made on this team. And we just uh, signed uh, Logan Stenberg, so we haven't seen much of him yet to bring to the mix. Uh, unless you got a thought about the O-line, I'd like to go on to wide receiver where D.J. Moore and Darnell Money Moore and Money are, are 1-2. Chase Claypool working his way back. You got Tyler Scott, the rookie. He's been impressive. Battles with guys like Doris Fountain, Simba Webster, and, of course, Valus Jones Jr. That's just a, a handful of the receivers. Dante Pettis working his way back. Isaiah Ford is impressed. I said to Tom, I like this player. Yeah. There's something. There's some juice to this player. I like the way he plays the game. Uh, you got Equiminius St. Brown. A lot of receivers to choose from is that position group, uh, as advertised, better than it was a year ago. Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of guys making plays, and we saw that evident yesterday in the one-on-ones. I mean, there was all all kind of guys making plays. Isaiah Ford, you mentioned, Assemble Webster, Webster did really well. It was good to see Vela's rebound yep. after what he did in preseason with that muff punt. We all know what happened there. But to have the mindset to say, you know what, I have to respond. I've got to make plays in the passing game. And he made two uh, two huge catches uh, yesterday in, in the joint practice. So I was, I was encouraged to see that. I want to see more of Tyler Scott. You know, I think uh, – Dante Pettis is good to see him out there, you know, working his way uh, back in, getting ramped back up in practice. But, you know, we're light years ahead of where we were last year in terms of this wide receiver room. Who of the wide receiver group is not going to play special teams? So that's DJ and probably Darnell. Every other one of those guys, including Chase, EQ St. Brown, they may have to be contributors to the special teams. And again, when you talk about the difficulty of decision for Coach Hightower, the special teams coach, the wide receivers coach, and the head coach, you got to figure which one of those guys can contribute. Take tight end, buddy. Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, and then a, a, a choice between guys like Jared Pinckney, Stephen Carlson, Lachlan Pitts, who's new to the mix for the Bears at tight end. Well, all right, can I can I group Kari Blasting Game in with this group? And oh, the only reason He's I am the, team. the only reason I am is because <laughs> when you talk about every one of those tight end candidates, J Mac and Jeff, you know that these guys play H back, backside tight end. They can play fullback. They can be in the short yardage goal line, multiple tight end sets. You're not going to teach Mercedes Lewis a lot about with football. He's going to teach all of us a lot what he's already learned. Hey, uh, we got to go here in 30 seconds, but you and I coming back from uh, breakfast this morning, walking down the hall, and Mercedes Lewis walks by, and he grabs your attention. Man, he's huge. He's huge. And I just want to know his secrets. Like, what did you do to stay in the league this long? He's he's a guy. This segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by CDW. People to get it. One more segment to go. We'll have some fun in segment five. Uh, with two Super Bowlers, one who happened to win one, the other one probably thinks about it to this minute about that loss here in Indianapolis. I know he he doesn't really like the Colts. That's Jay McIntop there. I'm Jeff Joniak, ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. You are listening to Bears Weekly on the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Welcome back to Bears Weekly, and this segment is brought to you by Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit athletical.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom and I, Jason McKee, our new sideline reporter, 
getting you set for the start of the regular season, breaking down the camp. Uh, Tom shows Tyreek Stevenson as the defensive camp player of 2023. We're going to put Jason on the spot as well. But, uh, Tom, what about offense and special teams? I'm going to go special teams first because when you look at the effort by Jalen Jones in the preseason game and he made three tackles on kickoff coverage, you don't have a chance to work that full speed when you're in camp. So you really don't know how a player is going to react to his opportunity until you get to see him in a, in a preseason game. And then I don't think it's any secret who I'm going with in the offense because he means so much to the benefit and the the building block of this football team, and it's Darnell Wright. Because he can make an entire position, which includes five guys better, he can make the tight end better, and he can make the offense better. So I know that you guys may see the field differently, but for <laughs> some reason, my eyes gravitate from offensive line backwards. All right, before I get Jason's thoughts, I'll give him a little more time to think. Uh, I'll, I'll give you my offense had to be DJ Moore. Uh, just a, a tremendous impact right out of the gate. It's a field stretcher. It's a tackle breaker. It's a speed machine. It gives Justin somebody he can really rely on. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I'm going to have to go. I, I can't I can't do the same as you, but I'm going to give it to Kyler Gordon because he came back ready to go, and that secondary has really got my attention. If Tremaine Edmonds would have been st- stayed healthy, I would have probably gone in that direction because he means so much to the defense. He'd become uh, a leader there, talking defense with everybody on that roster. And uh, special teams because I'm going with Patrick Scales because he just keeps coming back, Tom. He's Mr. Reliable back there at training camp. He probably is Does the guy. Is <laughs> signing bonus every contract? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, come on. Man. I'm going Patrick Scales. How about you? What do you got, Jason? I'm thinking about that pick. No disrespect. I think I just. <laughs> no, I know. No I disrespect. Know. I'm just, I'm just having fun. But you know fun. All right, so I'm going to go offense and. And and my pick was DJ Moore. Um, you took it away from me, yep. but I got to go DJ Moore. I think he's been he's been better than advertised, and a lot of pressure with him coming here. You know, you're the bona fide number one, but he's made plays every single day at camp. And his first touch as a bear, we saw what he did. Yeah. He took it to the house. Like, I mean, that's unbelievable. I think he's he's going to elevate the play of all the receivers in that room, and I'm just excited that he's here. Uh, special teams wise, I've got to go with you know uh, Jalen Jones. It's it's the first three tackles on kickoff in preseason game one. He's a guy who, you know, we overheard Coach Hightower raving about his playmaking ability on special teams yesterday uh, during that joint practice. So I'm excited for him, excited to see what he's going to continue to do uh, here in camp. And uh, defensively, it's tough. You know, I think I'm going to go with Travis Gibson. Now, here's a guy who they were, I don't think they were, were happy with his production last year. Comes out, you know, the depth chart thing comes out. He says, hey, I don't have social media. I'm not looking at this. I'm just going to play ball. And what did he do in preseason game one? He was a wrecking ball. He was in that Titans backfield each and every play. So I'm excited about him because I got to go with the underdogs myself. I was an <laughs> underdog, and he's and he's he's in an underdog role now, right now. But he's making the most of it. I'm excited about you know seeing what he does here in, in preseason game number two. All right, so we have had the occasion to have uh, shared a, a breaking bread here a few days, and uh, the stories are endless. And one of the ones that caught my attention, Tom, that we got to dig a little bit deeper into, just the routine. Uh, of what players did. And you told me some funny stories over the course of your career, uh, and it spanned uh, many, many years. You didn't really have many. You just wouldn't let anybody mess with your business. Um, I never took a team bus to an away yeah, game. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I took a cab every single game <laughs> up until my last game with the Miami Dolphins. I liked getting to the stadium just – 
abusively early like I still do. I wanted to take my time. You know, we didn't have offered massages when I was with the Bears. Um, We didn't have the luxuries that they have these days. And, hey, I'm glad that they have them. But I never have been in a hot tub. I never said, (laughs) oh, my God, my body feels so bad. I got to sit in the hot tub for a while because it just – I like – if my body's in working condition, then leave me alone. Give me the weight room. Give me the practice field and just, you know, leave me alone. So, yeah, was I superstitious? No, but, you know, I just had a routine. But, I mean, hey, man, there's plenty of guys that were crazy in there. Kevin Butler, our kicker, Steve McMichael stretching every sock out. Just some of the routines that these guys had. And, listen, every guy is an individual on game day. Get out of their way. Leave them alone. Let them do what they want to do and get ready however you get ready. My deal was I had to listen to uh, James Brown, the big payback. (laughs) No kidding. James Brown. For for some reason, I just I've always been a James Brown fan. I've always listened to his music before, you know, high school games, college games and brought that here with me. Can you give us a little James Brown? Big payback. Yeah. Can you give me a little? Get down. (laughs) I'm a girlfriend. That ain't right. <laughs> but no, James I Brown, that was that's my guy. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a lot, guys do a lot of different things. So my locker was next to Adrian Peterson. And Adrian Peterson, you know, you're in the locker room, so you got your headphones on. So Adrian would, he'd be, he'd be you know, he'd be listening to music, and then he would start rapping it out loud. I'm like, what is he listening to? Like, AP, what are you doing? But it was just fun to see all the guys' different pregame rituals. You know, I can recall Ruben Brown. In the locker room, he had his war chant. He's beating his chest. And you knew when Ruben Brown walked uh, across your locker and he starts beating his chest and he would yell out this little, like this barbaric roar, you knew it was time. It was, you time. it was time. You know what we were calling. We talked about it. You know what plays we were calling. Adewale Agunlie, he, uh, he took two showers before every game. Get out, working, yeah, two showers. Had to have the two. Otherwise, he just wasn't going to be right. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Jordan, think – I did a I did a feature on this a long time ago. His Anita Baker, he 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 his, a big Anita Baker song for him was I think given you the best that I've got was his pregame. When I first got in the locker room, the first thing I would do is I wanted to put my my game pants on because I you know our pants back then were real tight. I had to stretch them out. I had to get you know get used to it. So first thing I would do is put on my pants, and everybody looking at me like you're going out right now. You're going out? No, I just it's my thing. James Brown, my game pants yeah, on. You know, you getting go. focused, getting my mind right. You know, all right. I'm going to divulge a little secret here. So I I like it's so dramatic. I like my uniform super tight because I was a sweater, and the more I sweat, the looser it got. But back in the day, well, back in the '80s. <laughs> Our jerseys went all the way in between our legs, and we had five buttons underneath that we would button them. It would be like a big onesie. And so because now when a defensive lineman tried to grab and tug you to use a move, your your jersey wouldn't move, and most of the time they slipped off. So as you look at those pictures of the back in the 80s, just know that underneath our oh our body God. area, we had five buttons that were holding our jerseys tucked in. I mean, the things you learn. All right, we're out of time, but thank you so much, fellas. Uh, a good time had by all. Jason, hope to have you back again. We'll Anytime. see you on Saturday. Don't be late. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Bears and Colts. 
Kickoff at 6 o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Justin Pottinger in the ESPN Studios helping us out. Dan Brilli, Jordan Treadup, and thanks to Khalil Herbert as well as our guest. Coming up next, Tyler Aki and Jeff Miller take you the rest of the way tonight. This has been Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago on the Bears Radio Network. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly, hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Brought to you by Verizon and Apple Podcasts. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Ben Rivers and Miller Lite.